Spiral Dial Sci-Fi with a Soundscape Jessica awoke, surrounded by a soft warmth. Relaxation flooded through her. She pictured herself snoozing on a tropical beach in the sunshine. Stretching out her fingers, she opened her eyes, fully expecting to be greeted by dappled palm fronds and glistening waves. She saw red, a dull red, almost amber, like the dying embers of a campfire. She started to lift her hand to her face and found that she could not do so. She was engulfed in warm treacle. All at once the memory of those chaotic moments in the concert hall came back to her. Once more, Finn flew through the air before her eyes. The babies fell in slow motion towards the cold concrete floor and blood dripped from Amy and Ed's lifeless bodies onto the stage behind her. She remembered falling, but falling where? She took a deep breath in and then out. Although the warmth completely surrounded her, air seemed to fill her lungs from nowhere. Perhaps it was coming from deep within her. The act of breathing seemed to calm her racing thoughts. She focused all of her attention on this simple task. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Did she feel the substance around her receding? Perhaps she could lift her hands just a little. It was then that she felt, rather than heard, a gentle vibration. It evolved into a long, low note. It reminded her of her grandmother's voice. Automatically, she began first to hum and then to sing the soft song which had lulled her to sleep as a child. Goodbye While they 
The echoes of the song seem to ring on in the movement of the light. Continuing to breathe, she gazed at the flickering orange-red colour which surrounded her. It drew back until at last she had enough space to sit up, crossing her legs underneath her. As soon as she did so, the space seemed to adjust itself to her, flexing and reforming from an elongated sleeping bag shape into a pyramid-like structure, roof mere millimetres above her head. She seemed suspended within a sort of cocoon. Reaching out in some trepidation, she touched the walls. As she pushed against them, they seemed both soft and unyielding. The enclosed space reminded her of a rather unpleasant sojourn in a malfunctioning medical school lift many years ago. 
Shuddering, she attempted to put all thoughts of claustrophobia from her mind. If she could do that, she supposed she felt safe. The orange light emanating from the walls both encased and soothed her. It was quite hypnotic. Looking up towards the ceiling, she fancied she could make out several dark shapes above her, casting shadows onto her outstretched palms. She watched those shadows grow and oscillate. Part of her was curious about what they were, but most of her wanted to stay in this place, surrounded by the firelight forever. A small section of the wall in front of her started to get darker and darker. A black dot formed, expanding fast into an ellipse. Trapped within the bubble, there was nowhere she could go. She could feel heat radiating from it. As she watched it, she felt somewhat disorientated. She could not decide whether her bubble was moving towards the shadow or if the shadow was the one moving, pushing in. The dark area abruptly changed to a vibrant shade of purple. With a loud popping sound, the curved wall of the bubble snapped inwards towards her, stopping only an inch from her nose. She edged backwards as far as she could. There seemed to be more space than there was before. She found herself around two metres away from the purple mass opposite, which was bulging towards her in irregular and rapidly moving lumps. A large blade penetrated her safe haven, piercing the edge of the purple and carving through the wall, moving backwards and forwards rhythmically with a dreadful creaking sound. As it did so, the colour leached out with it, fading into a white, opaque substance, almost crystalline, like a soapstone countertop her mother used to have in a childhood kitchen. She began preparing herself to die. Closing her eyes, she prayed that her end would be swift. The howling of the knife ceased and silence fell. She counted to ten. Nothing happened. She cracked one eyelid open. In front of her was a circular white panel suspended in mid-air. She reached out her hand to touch it. As she did so, a shimmering sound made her draw back. The wall dissolved in front of her eyes into a shower of fine white powder, coating the floor of the bubble like the first snow of winter. Her wonderment was interrupted by a cacophony of coughing and sneezing. As the dust settled, a cursing Archie was revealed, covered in a thick layer of dust. Every time he sneezed, the substance coating him was disturbed, making him cough all the more. Jessica could not help sniggering in relief. Sneezing uncontrollably, he let the knife drop to the floor, where it sank into the dust, vanishing. Jessica reached out to grab it, but could not grasp it. Brushing the dust aside, she saw a knife-shaped shadow receding from the bottom of the bubble. It seemed that the weapon had simply been absorbed into the floor. Fascinated, Jessica saw it shrink to a point and drift away from them. Behind Archie, the hole left by the cutout enlarged into another bubble. As he coughed, the dividing line compressed and then popped outwards with a loud click, leaving the walls smooth. One large chamber remained, 
with uniformly orange, flickering walls. He collapsed onto the floor, raising another cloud of dust which sparked yet more cursing and spluttering. <coughs> Jessica sat in silence. She couldn't think of anything whatsoever to say to him. Honestly, Archie wailed. I don't know why I bother sometimes. He coughed again. <coughs> Aren't you going to thank me? Thank you for what? Murdering babies? He huffed. Rescuing you, of course. <coughs> Not to mention risking suffocation to bless you with my company on this wretched journey. Right. Oh, well, in that case, consider me well and truly blessed. Jessica deadpanned. Happy? He sat up straight. The dust had finally settled, and his breathing gradually returned to normal. Yes, good, he beamed at her. Jessica raised her eyebrows and cracked a faint grin. He inspected his surroundings. Actually, this is a hell of a lot more pleasant than I was expecting. Patricia must have put in a good word for us. May I ask, what were you expecting? Well, as a general rule... I try not to have any expectations of life whatsoever, really. On a ship like Spiral Dial, one has to be ready for absolutely anything. At least it's not insects this time. Okay, let's backtrack just a second. First of all, where on earth are we? Where is the ship? Archie looked around the bubble again, nodding in appreciation. Great colour, isn't it? I wonder how they make that exact shade of orange. He whistled a short motif and nodded approvingly, very evocative. The acoustics are absolutely perfect. Um, I just asked you a question. Were you planning to answer it? Oh, I'm sorry, were you talking to me? I thought you were the one with all the answers. He steepled his fingers together, one by one. Peering over them, he spoke slowly, as if to a person of low intelligence. So... You wanted to tell me something about DNA? For a split second, Jessica had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. You know, he continued, how they're using telephones to make you younger? I thought that sounded rather like something my grandpa used to blather on about when they finally got rid of their dial-up internet. And he had a nose for the truth. He did. Never wrong. I think it was something to do with not having to traipse down to the pawn shop anymore myself. Everything came flooding back to her now. It's telomeres, not telephones, she snapped. And if you hadn't noticed, the situation has somewhat evolved since then. We're missing a ship for a start. Although I'll take this over human sacrifice any day of the week, she thought. He peered upwards, his gaze tracking one of the shadows as it passed above them, squinting as if trying to identify it. He shrugged and shook his head. Don't worry. It'll turn up. He placed the forefinger of his right hand underneath his right thumbnail and proceeded to scrape the remnants of dust from beneath each of his fingernails, one by one. Jessica stared at him in disbelief. After what seemed like an unfeasibly long time, he felt her gaze upon him. What? It's not as if you find me attractive anyway. She cast him a filthy look. Jessica tried to find something else within the chamber to occupy her attention. It appeared the same size as before, which was a shame, as it left her with nowhere to go to get away from him. Where are all the other people? And animals? Are they alive? 
alive, <laughs> he chortled. Well, the ones who were alive are still alive, I assume. The ones who were dead, on the other hand, I suppose they'll still be dead. Unless you know something I don't. Honestly, Jessica, how on earth am I supposed to know? I'm just along for the ride. In that case, perhaps you'll be able to tell me where we get off. This appeared to strike a chord with him. He got up and experimentally prodded the walls. Glancing at his watch, he sat back down. Not yet. It's not time. Time seems something I have plenty of, Jessica thought. She leant back onto the floor and gazed up at the ceiling. Shadow watching, she fell into a light trance until a faint humming sound awoke her. This is your captain speaking. Jessica sat up with a start. It was faint and tinny, but unmistakably true to life. She glanced at Archie, who was now picking dust out of his scalp. The captain's voice seemed to emanate from the very walls, which vibrated with every word. Descent is continuing as planned. I have heard some reports of fraternizing within the bubbles. Archie rolled his eyes. Stay in place. Repeat, stay in place. This is for your own safety. Be aware that air conditioning is currently non-functional. Our engineers are working on the problem and hope to restore functionality within 30 minutes. In the meantime, please take cooling action as necessary. Over and out. Puzzled. Jessica considered the captain's speech. Air conditioning? As she did so, a drop of sweat trickled down her nose and fell to the floor in front of her. She watched it evaporate before her eyes, touching the spot where it had landed. She withdrew her finger rapidly, hot. The walls were burning, the air was close. Heart pounding in her ears, she looked over at Archie. He continued his obliteration of the dust, oblivious to the oppressive heat. The shadows seemed to swirl around her, drawing closer and closer, a swarm of black, expanding and a deathly spiral across her field of vision.